Alrighty, done. Here we are. Oof. Here we are indeed. It's uh, very wet. It's very, very chilly. It's a small, tiny hair at the uh, top of the shower there. And there's a actually a really small, tiny penis between your legs. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. It's the cold water. Thought we agreed to wear pants. Uh, <laughs> I never, ag- I never agreed to that. Oh god. <laughs> um, <laughs> You're wearing bell-bottom trousers for some reason. I'm wearing bell bottoms and rather fetching platform shoes. I'd rather have you not to judge, please. Anyway, enough of the, enough of the weird, disturbing situation. This this week's episode is on cold water therapy. Put some bloody pants on, Luke. Those starts. You remember Quantum Leap, where every episode starts yeah. with him in a, in a strange situation. That they always uh, remind me of that. Where are we? What's going on? Figuring it out, and sometimes it's good, and sometimes, as is the case today, it is not good. Not so good. Essentially, I'm in the shower with you, and it's not what? even hot water. It's not even hot water. <laughs> Give me something. <laughs> that, that's. Uh, there was a lot, an episode a long time ago where we were like, why do mosquitoes bite some people more than others? Where we started the episode in bed together. This time yeah. we're in the shower together. There's a disturbing trend happening here. I know, and I, <laughs> I really don't appreciate it. <laughs> but today we are looking at cold water therapy. So that idea that if you immerse yourself in cold water, cold shower, cold bath, there are meant to be benefits for your health. Big warning up front. I find this very interesting. Which Luke... Luke tried it, and he very quickly like I think we decided on the topic at about nine thirty a.m. By nine forty, he'd already done it twice, and he was all in. He's got a Wim Hof T-shirt, which <laughs> Wim Hof is the guy that kind of popularised it uh, lately in the last he, sort of few decades. He's now calling me the Ice Man. I am right <laughs> into it. I am loving it. <laughs> But like I, this is typical us. I have gone right into it. I'm now doing five minute cold showers every morning. You stepped in for six and a half seconds and have not gone back yet. <laughs> I did. <laughs> I, I tried it, and I'm like, right, I'm in the shower on my own, and I'm like, right, I'm good to go here. Turned it off. It took my just cold water took my breath away, and I never got it back. And I felt weird for the rest of the day. I just and I've been meaning to do it again, and every time I'm in the shower, it occurs to me, and I was like, "Yeah, it's not happening." <laughs> I make it usually. I'll make it hotter if anything. <laughs> Any time that we have a new fad, I will go like ballistic on it for two weeks, and then I'll give it up. You yep. within two minutes, you give it up. Remember once when the Atkins diet, like ages ago, was a big thing. Yeah, and I did like you know a month of the Atkins diet. Your first day, you were walking around dizzy and sweating, going, this is not human. This is not a way to live life. It was like 9.30 a.m. in the morning. It was ridiculous. It was. I started the Atkins diet on New Year's Eve, and this is right before we had some, I think it was like a family reunion on Christmas Day with the absolute best bread I've ever seen in my entire life. Like, you've never seen better food in the history of our entire childhood. It was like the movie... Never seen it. It was like the movie Hook, where they had that spread of Rufio's, like, getting stuck in. Ah, beautiful. It looked so bangerang. (laughs) 
Bangarang. It looked really looked bangarang. But yeah. And then I think I, I basically didn't have any of that food that day. I think I had meat and eggs. And then I decided I gave I'd give it up in the evening when all the food was gone. So <laughs> stupid. Dumb. Well done. Well done. Yeah, so silly. We're very uncharacteristically, actually, we've almost got into the topic front up, which is not our style. Let's just take, mm. let's just step back a little bit. Bit yeah. of housekeeping. Firstly, survey responses. Oh my goodness, you legends, you absolute legends. We had a, Do- a moment of need, and you rose to that challenge. Me and Luke would like to say thank you. You've you've brought a tear to a couple of old eyes. We are sitting on thirty-three responses. We can only handle forty, so we are nearly maxed out. I know. I literally thought, I think when I said three in last week's, or I say last week's, last month's podcast, I literally thought three. I just really didn't think anyone would do it, and we've had heaps. So thanks very much. Most important question, Luke, at the moment, who sounds better looking, me or you? Well, that's, (laughs) I'm shocked by this result. Uh, Shocked. So far, you're winning, or the funny thing is you're winning eight votes to six, Mm -hmm. which means about 16 people think neither of us is good looking. (laughs) That's true. The best bit is, for those of you that have done the uh, the survey, you'd know, we ask how you found out about the podcast. Now, some of our friends have done it, admittedly. One of them, who was one of my friends, I'm not sure who, says, how'd you find out about it? Don's Facebook page. They knew what I looked like. They said you sounded better looking. (laughs) So so basically, that's the biggest insult. I know Don. I'm good friends with him. Luke sounds better looking because they know how that I'm not at all good looking. (laughs) Thanks, whoever you your are. Goal. Well, it can't get worse than that, so it yeah. must be Luke. It's <laughs> not getting any worse. Uh, uh, very good. Hurt. Yeah. So, 33 responses. We've got, we got room for seven more. So, survey's still open. Fill it out if you haven't already. Let's get to 40. Let's, let's live to dream, people. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I've gone too far there. Okay. You really... <laughs> Very interesting finding, just looking at some early results. The Don's definition team. One of the questions, are they doing a good job? We're sitting on about a 78% approval rating for the Don's definition team, which is is very good. What was it? 78? Yes. 78 people think they're doing a good job or a very good job. And that's really... Wikipedia is doing a great job. Is what I'm taking from that. <laughs> there, were, there were two. There were two people who said they're doing a very bad job, and I'm like, well, they must yeah. be the co-founders of Wikipedia. That's the. Uh... <laughs> Don't know what you're talking about. The team work very hard. One of the other big findings from the survey is people think the Don's Definition team need their own theme song, mm. and so we've delivered big, big uh, new development in the show. Don's Definition has a theme song. Watch out for that a bit later. Uh, so, Luke, as we mentioned, housekeeping, we usually have a bit of a whinge at the start of a show. Anything happening in the week? Yeah, I've got a little bit of a whinge. It's, it's more of an irritant. Mm. You know when you're, you might be friends with someone and you, you could have been friends with them for 30 years? Yeah. And all of a sudden, out of the blue, they'll say a person's name who you've never heard before. Like, oh, yeah, Sally thinks uh, we'll be out of lockdown by November. And your response is, who the hell is Sally? Like, you don't, yeah. you know, you don't know who they are. <laughs> There's no context for how they know them. There's no explanation for why they've... Like, give us some context. That's a little... Have you, have you yeah, noticed that? Yeah, I find it... Yeah, I do. Every now and again, it's people I've known a long time. Most of the time, it's people I've literally just met, which, you know, in that situation, you should be explaining. Every single person you mention, you've got to explain because you can barely know the actual person themselves. Yeah. So, like... Oh, yeah, me and John went to uh, 
there's rock. I don't know. <laughs> and everybody's like, I don't know who the hell John is. Who the hell is John? Yeah. I reckon it happens more often than I care to admit where someone would be like, yeah. Oh, I was talking to Jessica the other day and she was saying this. Like, who the hell is Jessica? Like, give us What a do you little- do, though? In reality, you just go, yeah. Oh, the, the older <laughs> I get... I actually will now just say, who the hell is Jessica? <laughs> I always uh, just call it these days. Yeah, it is weird. It, it does happen a lot. It actually doesn't happen as much to me these days as it used to. Yeah, it's an irritant. Not a, not, a, not, a, not a grievance, more of an irritant, but just uh, mm. you're a notice. You're a notice, people. Yeah. The only thing that happened to me, mm. which is literally nothing, is I was having a chat to someone who kept referring to stat decks as stack decks. <laughs> and it just... It's like a little twitch on my face. I'm like, hey, he doesn't know that it's stat. Now, I don't know if that's an Australian... Is that an Australian thing or is that like an English thing or a stat deck in America? I don't yeah. know. So it's like a statutory, statutory declaration. declaration. Yeah. Um, where you're kind of saying that you're telling the truth to the, the government or some authority. I think stack deck is excellent. <laughs> that is very good. Stack deck, yeah. <laughs> we've, we've spoken about this before when you get those slight phrasings wrong like bonfire instead of bonfire. And yeah, I think I yeah. I get all of them wrong every time, but I've never said stack deck. That's quite good. <laughs> stack deck. Yeah, another <laughs> thing as well is I was actually having to think about, I need to get some documents verified. And in Australia, we have this thing called Justice of the Peace. Which, and I was just thinking a Justice of the Peace really sounds like they're like, they're taking care of business. They're like warriors. And then you go see the Justice of the Peace <laughs> and it's like a 97-year-old lady who you kind of... <laughs> It's like, what are they? Justice of the peace? They're not keeping the peace. <laughs> you could what not, are they doing? You could not find someone less equipped to keep the peace. They can barely hold the pen. <laughs> like, they, they're, not, they're not keeping the peace. <laughs> um, all right. We should probably move it on a little bit. Mm. Culture hours. The, every single uh, heading I read... <laughs> in terms of articles about this was, does a cold shower a day keep the doctor away? Was the, yeah. the phrase that everyone was using. Yeah. Now, just to go back to our experiences. So I, yeah, I think I've done seven seven days straight and I started at like 10 seconds and I've just built up. Um, yeah. And so then I think this morning I did five minutes, which I'm going to be honest up front, I'm loving them. Yeah. I feel fresh. I feel alert for at least a couple of hours afterwards. I, I, I think the longer you stay in the shower is better for everybody. Um, <laughs> hot or cold, don't really care. I think you need just, to just, you need to stay in there for a bit longer still. <laughs> You've been cutting it too short for too long. <laughs> too short, too long. People are talking. You know. <laughs> um, your, but how does that, like, that's a long shower. So I'm assuming you're actually having a hot shower beforehand, right? Well, this is the problem. Yeah, I'll have like a five-minute hot shower to actually wash myself. And then I'm having a five-minute cold shower as part of this stupid thing. It's a 10-minute shower. Yeah. And my wife does the same thing. So we've got 20 minutes of shower going in the morning. Yeah, that's a lot. You should be but ashamed you- of yourself. <laughs> <laughs> that um, that feeling, though, I had the first morning, and you sounds like you had it as well, mm. when you literally step under the water and you gasp and you lose yeah, your you breath gasp. and it's like you're suffocating for a moment. It's it's involuntary. You just you know, it's horrible. Yeah. Yeah. I read a I read a, an article that was kind of saying when they've like monitored people's reaction to cold showers, it takes about six showers for you to halve that gasp reflex. And yeah. so you don't you don't have that big strong reaction anymore. 
So you've had six now. You've had seven by the sounds of it. It's so much easier uh, now. It's much easier now, yeah. So much easier now. Like, I, I was struggling with 10 seconds on day one. Yeah. And then this morning, five minutes, I was just having a conversation with my wife while we were having it. Like, it really, you, you adapt to it really quickly. Yeah, right. Um, but we're, again, we've probably jumped ahead here. Can We probably need a Don's definition on, on cold water therapy. Which means it's time for the uh, the theme song. Hold on to your stovepipes. It's time for Don's definition. How about the production qualities? <laughs> that-, that was special. That was very special. Was special. I went for a ye oldie radio vibe on that one. <laughs> My favourite bit was the way you say the word definition. Yeah. Definition. <laughs> <It's> a- yeah. <laughs> I reckon that's the kind of thing that's vaguely amusing for the first time and it's just going to be really annoying by the next week. <laughs> yeah. But I'll stick with it till I can find something better. But kicking into the definition, yep. cold water therapy is a practice of using water that's around 59 degrees Fahrenheit or 15 degrees Celsius to treat health conditions to stimulate health benefits. It's also known as cold hydrotherapy. And it's been around for a couple of millennia, apparently. Um but it includes things like ice baths, which you see footy players doing, brisk daily showers, outdoor swims, and cold water immersion therapy sessions. That's right. So anything from the cold shower to the deep ocean to ice baths, like it's, it's anything where you're just being exposed to cold. Um, something cold. Yeah, something cold. And what I read that, you know, once you hit, you know, in, in theory, once you hit the two-minute mark, other people say the five-minute mark, you start to have sustained and prolonged benefits from a regular cold water practice. Mm-hmm. Now, geez, they claim some big things about the benefits of this. Yeah, and that's why, like, I'm a pretty sceptical kind of guy. And you hear some of the claims and the way people talk about it. And it, there's a little bit of a fad kind of thing about it. I was, to say I was sceptical is an understatement. <laughs> Let me run you through the list of, on one of the main websites, right? So there's a guy, we'll, we'll touch on this guy a bit later. We've already touched on him. Wim Hof is kind of the guru in this space. Great name. Great name. Listen to this list. This is the I'll, I'll, run, I'll read through it quickly because it's a long list of things they claim co- having a cold shower can help with. Improves your circulation, improves your sleep, gives you more energy, reduces your inflammation, boosts your immune system, reduces your stress, reduces muscle soreness, increases your focus, your clarity, your alertness, improves your athletic performance, improves your mental health, improves your willpower, helps you manage your asthma, spe- asthma better, slows down your Parkinson's disease, helps reduce your risk for cancer, provides relief from arthritis, and shrinks your penis a little bit, just a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> what a list. It's a hell of a list. It's a hell, it's a hell, of, a hell of a claim. And a lot of those claims gives me red flags big time. Yeah. And even that main guy, Wim Hof, he speaks in these massive generalities around like never get stressed again and, you know, cure your you know cancer. Like it's very bold claims that they're making. Yeah. And then when I dug deeper though, there is something to it though. Like there is, there's a bit of science there. I don't like, he goes way off the deep end, like. I don't think there's any evidence about Parkinson's or decreasing your cancer risk, but there is a bit of evidence uh, about inflammation and there's evidence. A lot of that could also be explained by the placebo effect. A great episode. Great episode. Um, there's a lot of placebo <laughs> effect in this. I think there's a lot of placebo effect. And but maybe if, not all. Not all. Who knows? I reckon if, you, if you're doing something really difficult, like obviously you, it's very uncomfortable to sit in a cold shower or cold water. You want it to be helpful. So you kind of believe it's helpful and therefore you're yeah. more likely to have these subjective benefits around alertness and energy, which are 
you know, difficult to measure, but easy to claim that you're better on those outcomes. So do you want to talk first about like the main theories around how this is helpful? Or do you want to talk about the what the state of the evidence is? Um, let's crack straight into the evidence. Now, Luke, <laughs> Luke made the mistake of saying that he'd done extensive research during the week, which put the pressure right off me. So I, <laughs> I'm going to be honest, I'm phoning it in a little bit. <laughs> Hint of phone. There's a little, there's two tablespoons of phoning in. But we also need, we need some kind of signal. If I'm boring, uh, if I'm becoming overly boring, can you sound a foghorn or something? I'll make a horn. The boring horn, yep, which is also the way Luke's wife describes his wedding night. Another wedding night joke. Thank you very much, a boring horn. All right, thank you very much. <laughs> Darren, that is rubbish, You're John. You're an idiot. That is, I'm going out. I'm going, sorry, guys, I'm going to go have a cold shower. <laughs> so, evidence. Okay. If, if you hear a horn, it's because I deem Luke to be too boring or too much information. We'll see what happens. As an opening statement, I was disappointed by the level of evidence. There's a lot of case studies, anecdotal stuff, one person in a in a lab kind of, you know, that's the level of evidence. Very few comparative studies, very few kind of large group randomized controlled trial stuff. So it's that's that's the context here. Very poor level of evidence. Yeah. The evidence that they do have is more subjective, isn't it? So I know athletes will often have a nice bath after a session or something, um, <laughs> and that's to do with recovery more. Yeah, so there's a little bit of evidence if you have a nice bath that helps with your recovery, but then there's counter evidence to say that it actually impairs muscle growth. So there's like two different camps about is it helpful or not. Then you've got another bucket of evidence around, you know, your alertness and mental clarity and these short-term effects. So they put someone in a in a cold exposure, and they'll have these short-term positive effects they feel more alert because their their stress response system goes off so they feel in, yeah yeah so that's kind of these Fight short-term benefits yeah. of yeah of course you feel more alert after a cold shower because you've just been shocked you're like your fight flight's gone off you feel more alert so there's that kind of stuff when i think like what's the most interesting stuff for me is the stuff about the immune system so very interesting study where they took 12 people only 12 trained them in the wim hof method which Again, it's a bit confusing because there's breathing, there's cold, and there's um, kind of meditation and willpower stuff. So what, with the breathing, is it hyperventilating? What's A lot of it is. It was like 40 deep in and out breaths for four rounds. And yeah. so a lot of the effects they're claiming, you know, oh, people have said you can't influence the autonomic nervous system, but we did. No, you can just by hyperventilating. It's a similar effect. But anyway, this, this particular immune study I found interesting where they took 12 people and they injected them with a bit of bacteria and then they watched their immune system respond to it. And the people that were trained in that Wim Hof method with cold water immersion, mm. their bodies actually fought the bacteria more effectively than people that weren't trained in that method. And then like related studies were kind of showing that people who do the cold water stuff call in sick for work less often. And so there's a little bit around immunity stuff, but it's not... It's not like super solid evidence. And I also read that they call in sick to work less, but they're not getting sick less. Like they're getting sick the same amount of times as everyone else. So they're not sure if that's maybe they're getting sick to a lesser degree or maybe there's something else at play. Yeah, exactly right. Like I read that, that article, the researchers said, oh, they're, they're just getting sick, but less severe. But I'm like, well, maybe it's just the mentality of the kind of person that signs up to do Wim Hof. 
is probably the kind of person who persists through difficult things and therefore they're probably just more likely to turn up to work even before they did the Wim Hof method. Mm. Um, lots of stuff around like mood and mental health. But again, some of the studies are hilarious. It's kind of like people that swim in the cold ocean were less depressed than people that weren't. But then there's this big asterisk saying, <laughs> this is a quote from the article, Practical testing by a statistically insignificant number of people who did not have sufficient symptoms to be diagnosed with depression showed right. that cold water can relieve depressive symptoms. <laughs> right. What is that? <laughs> How could you write that sentence and then publish yeah, it? Yeah, that's ridiculous. <laughs> but the thing that's really interesting is like Wim Hof himself... What I like, and there's lots of pros and cons to Wim Hof, but he mm. puts himself in the lab all the time. Like he puts himself under investigation. So there's a lot of a lot of interesting case studies of freakish things his body can do. And they, they put him in like ridiculous cold and then ridiculous hot and his core mm. temperature doesn't change at all. Yeah, right. Like he's a fascinating guy. He's had a couple of world records under his belt, hasn't he? He's had like... He's done all kinds of weird things where he will... Climb Mount Kilimanjaro in 28 hours wearing shorts. He will. He sat in a block of ice for nearly two hours. He he just does all these bizarre things. Like he runs marathons in bare feet. In yeah, that was cold temperatures. Well. I think he holds like 12 or it's either 12 or 26. I can't remember Guinness World Records. Yeah, he's a freak of a guy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> have you horned me? Have you horned? Have you horned me at any point here? <laughs> no, nah, I just had a little sleep. That's all. Um, <laughs> no, it's fine. Wim, Wim is an interesting guy. Um, what it's a problem. It's a problem with your horn method. If you if you're so bored, you fall asleep that you can't honk the horn. Yeah, that is the problem. <laughs> it's if you're too boring, then you know the horn's useless. <laughs> okay, so why? What's the theory behind why they say it's working? Yeah, get get your horn ready. Um, yeah. That sounds worse than I Hang on, let me just give it a practice blow. I'll give it a practice blow just in advance. Here we go. That's yeah, nice. It's good horn. What are your thoughts on that? <laughs> Very good. Very nice. It's good tone. Good timbre. Good. <laughs> I like it. Anyway, go on. So, short answer is. <laughs> give us a go. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. You wait for the it's long answer. It's kind of fun. It's kind of fun. Yeah. <laughs> Short answer is very good. <laughs> okay, I won't do it. I can't do it again. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so go on. <laughs> well, this is like how many times in a row can you do it until it stops being amusing? <laughs> yeah, pretty soon. <laughs> I think it's the end. I think that. we've hit that very, very soon. <laughs> go on. Um. So when you when you watch like some of Wim Hof's videos, he's always speaking about um, the vascular system, which when the cold hits it, your vascular system, the cells in it contract and expand. So then you get better blood flow. So there's less work that your heart's having to do to flow good oxygen and nutrients around your cells of your body. So there's there's kind of that side of better reduce inflammation because you've got better circulation, better blood flow. And there's a whole bunch of stuff around your your vagal nerve, which is kind of one of your cranial nerves that when that's stimulated, it helps with inflammation as well. There's a whole bunch of chemical and hormonal changes that happen from, you know, being stressed for a little bit in the shower and then the feel-good chemicals that are released post a stressful event. So there's yeah. kind of like 
lots of different systems that are kind of operating that the cold water is helping with. But the, the broad idea here is he speaks a lot about in modern life, we have conditioned ourselves to not be uncomfortable. And so we always have clothes on to set the temperature, air conditioning, heaters, whereas the human body is designed to have short periods of, of time-limited stress. Whereas modern life, we have lots of chronic ongoing stress that doesn't have a start and end point. And so he's like, if you have a cold shower, you have some good old-fashioned short-term acute fight-and-flight stress. And then when that ends, your body rests and recovers and you get all the benefits from that. So it's almost like cold showers are triggering a short-term fight-or-flight response, which is good stress rather than the chronic modern stress, which is yeah. not good for us. And what they're saying, what he says is that conditions your body to experience stress so that when you come across it again in other parts of your life, that you're going to be able to deal with it better. After yeah. Sort of, I guess your body's more used to dealing with uncomfortable situations or exactly stressful right. situations. Yeah. It's that adaptation process. And a lot of people who are really into this speak about that. They say, once I've sat in an ice bath for 20 minutes in the morning, there's not much that can happen that day that takes me outside of that parameter of discomfort. Everything in context of that is actually quite easy to deal with. So what I was doing is this is lowering the bar for discomfort. It's like, I'm going to start the worst start to my day every single day and everything else that happens after it is got to be better. Yeah. You may as well just hit yourself in the head with a hammer. Yeah. And then everything from then is great. Yeah, it's true. So what did you... And your limited research, and I'm, I'm predicting uh, your uh, Don's definition was the extent of your... Uh, <laughs> Your research. Absolutely not, little Lukey. Absolutely not. Um, no, no. So I looked into I looked into the, the benefits which we've touched on there. They reckon increased weight loss is one. So they it says researchers found, doesn't say which researchers, researchers found that a, a kind called brown fat is activated when exposed to extreme cold, causing it to start burning more calorie loaded fats that pile up. Okay. <laughs> this <laughs> this is the quality website I went to. It's, it says, it starts burning the more calorie-loaded fats that pile up in your beer gut and man boobs. <laughs> so, <laughs> look, I'm going to stop right there. Luke, what else have you got to say? The weight loss one is interesting in two ways because there's one, one thing I read that was kind of saying, yeah, your metabolism does increase during the cold shower, but it doesn't stay high for 24 hours and contribute to weight loss. There's like yeah. They've kind of gone from the does increase and they've extrapolated to weight loss without the evidence to claim that. But the thing so that it goes m- through that weight goes through the higher metabolism while you're in fight or flight. And once yeah, you're out of the shower, your body settles and there's no real benefit. Exactly. But yeah. Really interesting thing for me, get your horn ready. Mm-hmm. It just sounds wrong when I say that. I don't know. I know. I really I'm uncomfortable with the, <laughs> the name boring horn. Of course, it's too late now. It's <laughs> A rousing alarm? No, nothing. No, no, no. 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 Yeah, we'll, we'll come back to that. In a really fortunate turn of events, Wim Hof has an identical twin. And what's his name? I don't know, actually. Mr. Hoff. He yeah. <laughs> he doesn't do the Wim Hof method. So they have like this comparison person to compare Wim to so you can separate genetics from his method. Yeah, it's very interesting. And there's a lot of stuff like brown fat is apparently a good fat that helps insulate you against the cold and has a whole bunch of good effects for metabolism and whatnot. Yeah. And then, 
like they kind of like Wim Hof has a lot more brown fat than the average person. But then when they did the study with his mm. brother, his brother has even more brown fat, and he just sits on the couch all day. Apparently, he doesn't do but anything. How does the brother go in cold in cold temperatures? Does he handle it as well as Wim? Not sure about that. But in terms of because it could just be he's some freaky kind of guy with a physiology that lends itself to you know running through <laughs> snowy woods with underpants on. <laughs> Which is basically what he does. He does, um, and and maybe that's just he won the lottery of that. But it's actually not his method at all. It's just that's just how he is. Yeah, that's possible. Like yeah. he, he, I think he nearly he nearly died of hypothermia twice as a kid, and he had quite a traumatic birth. And there's a whole bunch of stuff in his origin story that, that kind of influences who he is today. But actually, doing his method has resulted in a number of deaths as well. So like he's saying, go swimming, hyperventilate. People are hyperventilating in the water, passing out yep. and dying. And I think people that stay in extremely cold water, if you stay in, there's like this, there's like a chart that says, stay in for this amount of time. Once your body starts doing this, get out. Because eventually your body will seize up from being too cold. You won't be able to move. And then yeah. you can't get out of the water. And then you die as well. So, yeah. not going to happen with your cold showers. But, <laughs> um, but it's a big, it's, it's, you know, it's a bit dangerous. It is, and and because of all the cardiovascular effects, there's a lot of people who have heart attacks during that, and like he has he has all these enormous disclaimers and all this stuff now to cover himself, like legally as well. Yeah, yeah. But it is, oh, no, it's a definitely a real a, a legitimate legitimate concern. Mm. The other kind of criticism, or one of the many criticisms, is that because breathing is a big part of his method, and there's actually really strong evidence around proper breathing. We could do a whole episode on breathing, but you'd probably have to just honk the horn for 45 minutes. One, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, it'd just be like one big long horn. And that's just not quite right either. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm really sorry. And a lot we'll have people... a new name at the next episode. We'll call <laughs> we need it something to rebrand else. the horn. Oh, God. Terrible naming. The... But a lot of people are saying it's all the breathing that goes along with his method that has most of the effects. Because breathing is very influential and it's evidence and that is much stronger. The cold is almost just like the gimmick that gets people in. But that's, right. a, that's a separate point. Anything else? <laughs> You've just asked anything else. I've got about six more pages, but I've never seen anyone look more bored. <laughs> oh, it's pretty boring to me. <laughs> is there anything else interesting I should add? Is there- okay, hang on. Let me look at my notes. Hang on. I'm gonna I'm gonna spare you, Don. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna put my volumes to the side and conclude by saying there's no doubt that cold exposure has physiological impacts on the body in the short term, mm. but we don't have the evidence yet to say do they last beyond the time of exposure across situations. You know, can you teach people this stuff and it helps them in prolonged ways? And there's a lot of placebo effect and guru effect going on here as well. So yeah, I think it sounds that's, like that's, it. Yeah. yeah, but there is something there. There's absolutely something there, but we just don't have strong evidence yet. But you've been doing it. You feel good. Can you? So t- have you have you noticed more pep from me in the podcast? Am I? No, no. Okay, no, not really. Very good. Very good. Mm. <laughs> you're wearing a scarf for some reason, <laughs> and you're wearing you're wearing a down jacket. I don't know what that's about. <laughs> I was going to say, and this is the second podcast in a row that I'm not sick for, but I did hurt my back. So let's... let's oh, did you? Yeah. I hurt my back as well. <laughs> How did you something. hurt your back? I just woke up with a sore back. Um, I think I started running 
too quickly after not having run for a while. And then I had a really crappy kitchen chair while I was working from home for 18 months. And mm. those two things together, trouble. How'd you do yours? I don't know. I just have a sore back. I woke up with a sore back. I don't know. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> <laughs> Hang on. There we go. <laughs> That is some hot content right there. Yeah, that is there. That's what our <laughs> listeners come for. This <laughs> does remind me, just a little side point. We've, we've had a many arguments on this podcast about, is it weird that you still use a bar of soap? Which I find, yeah. I just find that bizarre. Like, nah, I to like me, a that's, bar of soap. That's like you are in World War Two and you've been given a little container of rations. And in there, yeah. you've got a bar of soap, you've got a razor, and you've got some sultanas. That is... That's what a bar of soap is to me. But on the on the What's That About Tolerators survey, a third of our listeners still use a bar of soap. Yeah. Full disclosure, technically it's not a bar of soap that I use. Ooh. It's uh, <laughs> it's embarrassing. It's a Dove Beauty bar. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know the ones that come in individual cardboard boxes? Have you seen those guys? Yeah, I have seen those. <laughs> oh, they're good. And I'll tell you what. Boy, does it work. Boy, does it work. I am looking good. <laughs> Based on the results of the attractiveness uh, question, it is working. You it's working sound... on my vocal cords. Yeah. <laughs> you sound beautiful. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I do, I do. Um, a beauty bar. That should have been the third option. Bar. Yeah, it should have been. <laughs> I would have sworn that 95% of the population's moved on to a liquid soap. No. Beauty bars all I around. Was surprised, the I was surprised it was so low, to be honest. Only a third. A third? Oh, incredible. Yeah. Incredible. Yes. Yeah, I like it. All right, I think we might have time for a quick social etiquette segment. So we'll be back after the theme song. If you've got a social problem that makes you want to run and hide, then we recommend you listen to Luke and Don's Etiquette Guide. Luke and Don's Etiquette Guide. All right, Don, this is a little a little pickle, a little dilly that mm. happens to me on a weekly basis. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. How often do you think you should change the sheets on the bed? Now, how often do I change the sheets on the bed? Or how often do I publicly, when someone asks me on a podcast, how often do I say it? Because every two days, what do you do, you animal? <laughs> <laughs> Any less than that? They're constantly in the wash. I've never actually yeah. put them on the bed. They're just always in the wash. Yeah. I sleep um, in the washing machine. because uh, <laughs> it's, it's just where they live. One of the ongoing debates of my marriage is mm. how often we should be washing the sheets. I think there's a universal lie going on. Now, this is, all, this is touch on the jeans. How often do people wash their jeans? Most people mm. in the survey from memory, last time I looked, said weekly. They're washing their jeans weekly. We, it made me feel like an absolute animal, the way that yeah. people are washing them on a weekly basis. I, in all honesty, probably do two to three weeks. On the sheets? But, no, no. On the jeans, right. On the jeans. But with the sheets, I think it's another thing where everyone kind of will round down with their sheet washing schedule. Mm. Yep, yep. Then if they don't. I think so. it's socially acceptable to say weekly. Yep. I don't think many people do weekly. Some probably do. I'm probably every two weeks. Every two weeks? Yeah. Because I think we all know the moment we're trying to avoid, which is you stumble into bed late and you're tired and all you want to do is go to sleep. Mm. And you look at the bed and you've got a pile of clean sheets on the floor and a bed that Uh, needs to be made. 
there is how much money would you pay someone to make your bed at that point? I would be close to a thousand dollars. I reckon I would do two thousand. I could that be a business idea? <laughs> if okay, we were emergency bed maker. If you're drunk, you've come home late, give us a heads up, we'll come and make the bed. <laughs> that's that's worth good money. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I have yeah. a I have a disgust. Don's Duna service. <laughs> Don's Duna. Don's Duna service. Luke's linen. How about that? That's not bad. <laughs> Luke's linens. <laughs> Luke's linen solutions. <laughs> perfect. That is absolutely That's perfect. good. All right. I'm registering the AVN. <laughs> Luke's linen solutions. I love it. Yeah. Anything with solutions sounds like someone trying to make it sound more professional than it yeah. actually is. Anything with <laughs> Luke's linen solutions. Luke and Don's podcasting solution. <laughs> I have a little tactic where I've figured out, I always go least painful to most painful. Like I always go, okay, let's start with the pillow and the pillowcase. And then I move on to... I keep that for last. It's a little dessert when I'm uh, making the bed. It's it's a nice little dessert. Like an after dinner mint. After I've gone through the hard yards, I've gone through the main meal, which is putting the doona in the doona cover. That's rough. You that is, that's the, <laughs> it is rough. That's the thing I leave to the last because it takes me oh, about no. 45 minutes. When you were a kid, you had all your favourite foods on the plate first and you left the veggies till last. <laughs> that's the same thing. I'm like, get these guys, get these horrible things out of the way so I can enjoy my, my pillowcase. <laughs> <laughs> so I can really savour the pillowcase. <laughs> the other one that gets me is the, the fitted sheet. It's obviously mm. a, long, a long side and a short side. Yeah. I've been alive for nearly 40 years. Not yeah. once have I got it on the correct way first time. You would have, no, it's true. You would have thought it's a 50-50 gamble. Have you tried folding the fitted sheet? I've never felt more incompetent at anything in my life <laughs> it does not than work. folding a fitted sheet. It's like an, How do you do it? It's like I one try, of those... Initially, I try to do the first couple of folds and then I just give up and roll it up and chuck it in the cupboard. <laughs> it's like trying to fold a surrealist painting. Like There's no it way is. that you can actually it get is. the corners to match up. I don't know. There's like, I was doing one the other day. There was five corners. I don't know <laughs> where the fifth corner came from. It's like, where'd you come from, buddy? <laughs> I don't know where to put him. All of a sudden, a pouch a pouch pops out in front of you. Like, why is there a pouch in the sheet? Like, yeah. it's like a little a little corner pocket from a pool table. That's what it was like. Yeah, it's, it is hard. It's oh, hard. it's the worst. Yeah, it's the worst. But the, that moment there, where you've got clean, crisp sheets, and you're lying in bed, you're like, "There's nothing oh, better." There's, a there's literally nothing there's a good better. Here. Yeah, that oh, is good. So, how often does your wife Tamara want to change them, and how she, often do you want to change them? Well, she does them every week. Right, because she loves. Because you know what, when I, because when I said how about how hard it is to fold a fitted sheet, you had a confused look on your face, like (laughs) you've never actually tried. (laughs) Have you tried to fold it, or is that something tomorrow does? No, no, we always, we always, uh, we always tackle it together. But I'm, I'm really there for moral support. I don't really know how to handle the fitted sheet. It's hard, or even getting in the doona in the. Don't get me started on that. I met a guy once who I worked with him. He was a single dude, lived alone, hadn't changed his sheets in over a year. <laughs> and was, he was like, I don't get what the big deal is. He, like, he really had this thing about it and he brought it up to everyone. What's the big deal? I, I just go there to sleep. I haven't changed in a year. It's fine. doesn't smell. Shut up. That's filthy. <laughs> it's if I, gross. If I live by myself, I would be exactly the same. But I will say that's filthy. <laughs> no. 
<laughs> I wouldn't tell people about it. Well, I did live by myself and bloody every two days, mate. <laughs> every two days. New sheets. All right. Mm. That is, I reckon that is probably enough for this episode. Yeah. That's a lot of sheet chat. It's <laughs> <laughs> this episode. No, nah, I'm not going to make a pun that we all know I'm going to make. I'm going to rise above it. <laughs> all right. So that is, <laughs> I want to change the sheets. That is cold water therapy. Any final thoughts, John? No, nah, not really. Um, nah, anyone else who hasn't filled out the survey, this is your last chance. Give it a crack. We've only got seven more spots to fill before it's... we're maxed out, and I can assure you we will not be paying for any more surveys. So... <laughs> <laughs> there is a big limited places only sign flashing at the moment. Don't miss out. How much does it cost for more surveys? I don't actually know, actually. It's... Whatever it is, it's not worth it. <laughs> we're not going to get there anyway. But hypothetically, if we reach 40, uh, I think they still take the survey, but we have to pay to release it. Yes, that's exactly right. Yep, yep. Yeah. Yeah. All righty. Well, on that note, all the usual, get in touch, like Facebook, send us a message, all the usual stuff. Um, and we will catch you next time. Uh, love you. Bye. <laughs> you started again. Still good. I think it's still good. <laughs> It's become your uh, your catchphrase. catchphrase. Yeah, I think so. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And before I forget, we did get one. um, uh, Jody put a link to a place where they do a lot of cold water stuff. Um, Jody, legend. Good to see. Good to hear from you. But yeah, appreciate that. No, no actual emails. Um, But we did have this idea, and it came up in the survey a little bit of interviewing people who do the thing we're talking about. So you know, you might occasionally see that that old man with the ear horn, and if you see that, it's just kind of a call out. Um, we might want to have you on the show, talk about what you're interested in if it relates to the next topic. Yeah. So if you're not on the socials, Facebook, Instagram, get on it. Awesome. All righty. Catch you next time. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.